It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are still on O'Neill Cruise Watch here on June 18th, 2022. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. I <laughs> I look at the O'Neill Cruise situation and it's going to be resolved soon. Very soon. There's still very, 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 very good chance you're going to see him this homestand. And don't don't read into anything like Leo Perguero being called up. Okay, that was just... Marcano had to hit the COVID IL. You can't get anyone from Gwinnett where he was to Pittsburgh in time. Altoona was the only option. That That's really what that is. That's a logistical move right there. Cruz is coming soon. It'll bring an end to what has been quite a saga of of waiting and being told the same thing about development over and over and over again. And I'm going to preface this by saying O'Neill Cruz does need to continue developing. I don't think that development needed to be done exclusively in the minor leagues. It's it's a fair point. I, I think I brought this up earlier that Tark Brock is a really good outfield coach. Could have contributed to helping O'Neill Cruz learn the outfield. Andy Haynes is a good hitting coach. He could help with the swing and miss and the swing decisions that they've been working on down there. So like there 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 were areas that they could have continued this development in the major leagues. And I just want to put one final bow on the O'Neill Cruz situation here by saying it didn't have to play out this way. I want to go back to 2020 for a moment. Whenever O'Neill Cruz is in an accident in the Dominican Republic and three people lost their lives. And the organization with full chest and full support immediately backs their player. They don't play down the tragedy of it, but they emphasize this was an accident. That's what it was. And whenever there were reports that he was under the influence at the time, that ended up being unfounded or not charged, 
that meant something, that the organization would immediately go behind their player, that they had their data and they unflinchingly supported him through most challenging point of his life. Last year, they didn't have to call him up to the major leagues. Even if it was for just two days, he got up. It's amazing going into spring training, what that dynamic between O'Neill Cruz and the Pirates was compared to kind of what it is now. We can't pretend that the relationship hasn't been hurt by keeping him in the minor leagues for this long. By keeping him in the minor leagues this long that this will cost him potentially millions of dollars. If he is the player that he could be, the re- if he is the top player, the future all-star, this is a decision that will cost him millions and millions of dollars. Millions and millions of dollars as compared to having a, you know, an extra year free agency and millions and millions of dollars are not being called up during that arbitration year. And that's, that's what the CBA, one area that the CBA really doesn't, they, it didn't address this enough. They took a good step by offering draft picks and also threatening teams with the, you're going to lose the year of service time anyway if this guy's in the top two of rookie of the year, which O'Neill Cruz could still do. <laughs> Like, one of the, his biggest competitors is also on his team, Rowanzi Contreras, who could also be in the same situation that he wouldn't get a full year of service time unless he finishes in the top two of Rookie of the Year. It'll definitely be an uphill climb for Cruz, but with the exception of Mackenzie Gord, I, I don't think there really is an NL rookie that's just run away with anything at the moment. So maybe that's all going to be a moot point and he gets the full year of service time anyway in which case in which case the frustration becomes here are the pirates who have the second worst war out of the shortstop position all year and they have had injuries all year and they just kept him in the minor leagues for what they said were development purposes didn't have to be this way O'Neill Cruz is one of the... I said this back at the end of spring training. There is not a team in this league that O'Neill Cruz is not one of the 26 best players on it. And now baseball doesn't always work that way. If we are to be completely candid, the best catcher in this system, that if they... If it was truly the best catcher, not even, you know, the best future catcher, just right now, present day, it's probably Henry Davis. But you can't call up Henry Davis to the major leagues right now because he has developing to do. You need reps in the minor leagues also. I don't think Henry Davis needs a whole ton of reps in the major leagues. I think he could be major league ready by opening day next year or, you know, early on in the season. But you need areas of growth. And you can grow in the minor leagues. And you can grow in AAA. And I get the people who make the argument of the Pirates didn't come into this year 
with a real, you know, burning, we're going to compete. There was no fire, you know, not from the players, not from the players. Like players came in, you know, they, they wanted to compete. They wanted to win. Coaches wanted to, but from the roster construction down, it was pretty clear this wasn't the year that the Pirates were going to make that next step. And I get the idea of you want to trade a couple weeks of O'Neill Cruz playing on that type of team versus a whole extra year of control in 2028 where, you know, okay, I, I understand that argument. And that's a good argument. Whether you agree with it or not, there is sound logic behind that argument. Keeping him down there, it, it, it's a pretty open... It, situation where the team's kind of known like hey that O'Neill guy's pretty good and we're trying to win baseball games whenever you're on a nine game losing streak on a road trip a good baseball player from the minor leagues can mean a lot I think you're going to see a bolt of energy with this team whenever O'Neill Cruz comes up and again I'm going to reemphasize I think that's soon not just in terms of, you know, the Pirates are bringing up their top hitting prospect and probably their top hitting prospect since, I mean, maybe key. But the other answer would be either Meadows or Polanco. And I, I would probably say Polanco out of the two. And I know that's going to make people roll their eyes like, oh, it's going to be another Polanco situation. But you can't deny that in 2014, Gregory Polanco was the prospect that the Pirates had. One of the highest touted, you know, offensive ones they've had in some time. There'll be a jolt whenever he comes back on. There'll be more steady shortstop play. There'll be another legitimate hitter added to that lineup and there should be a thought that comes along with it of they just we watched a whole lot of Rodolfo Castro and Diego Castillo and Cole Tucker and Kevin Newman and a whole lot of you know just a rotating spot at shortstop that you could like some of those players but the production was not good and the entire time the answer was clearly there in AAA. And if the goal is to win Major League Baseball games, well, the emphasis wasn't winning baseball games in 2022 if O'Neill Cruz was in the minors. It didn't have to be this way. Is <laughs> One last time, just shoving that in. Didn't have to be this way. We're going to take a break. We'll be back here in a couple minutes. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I brought up the year 2028. And that's, you know, that's, that's a year that unless O'Neill Cruz finishes in the top two of Rookie of the Year, that he would still be theoretically under team control for the Pittsburgh Pirates. We will probably, well, not probably, we will see another CBA in that time that could alter that further, but for now, let's let's take a moment and look at something here. The, the 2028 Pittsburgh Pirates. Because I think that's an interesting proposition. There's just been so much talk about it. And how Rwanzi and Contreras and, and O'Neill Cruz have done some necessary development the parts, you know, deemed that it needed to be done in the minor leagues, and all of a sudden, well, now they have that year of control over them. So let, let's play a little bit of the futures game here. Who else is going to be around then? Because that would cover the rookies that we're seeing in this year, too. That would be theoretically their last year of control. Also. So if you like Jack Sawinski, Travis Swaggerty, Cal Mitchell, Tuckipino Marcano, Diego Castillo, Rodolfo Castro, like whichever one, whichever prospects tickle your, tickle your fancy, whichever rookies, they, they'll still be here. Look at the minor leagues. The Mike Burrows, the Quinn Priesters, the Nick Gonzalez's, Henry Davis, the Yober Peguero, Andy Rodriguez. And then you can also add in Potentially the draft picks, and I know we're really looking down here. It's one thing to say someone from Double A is going to be in the major leagues. It's another to say, you know, this guy who's still in the complex league will be here. But you can look at Anthony Solomato, Bubba Chandler, Lonnie White Jr., Braylon Bishop. There's a good core for the future here in 2028. Potentially. And I have to stress that word so much. Potentially. Because here's the other thing about 2028. If what the Pirates are building right now doesn't play out, no 
No one's going to be around in 2028 still. No, G That's six years from now. No GM gets uh, nearly a decade of mulligans. No manager. No team president. No nothing. You don't get a, you know, that long a thing. You get at most a five-year plan. And this is year three of it. Regardless of what they think about 2020 and how that really wasn't the teardown year, and there were still a lot of players from Neil Huntington on that roster, and that was mostly his team, and whatever, that still counts as year one of the plan. This is year three now. And if they're not going to be winning at some point in the not-so-distant future, that 2028 team is going to look completely different. Because the only guy who's under contract for there right now is is, is Brian Hayes. And if the Pirates aren't winning by then, then by, yeah, 2028, he might be, or probably would be, on, on the trade block if he was a situation like that, where they're going through another rebuild. I think that's the daunting thing about thinking that far in advance in 2028, because if this doesn't work, it is another rebuild year and that should be scary to hear that six years from now being in the same situation they are now can't let that happen have to improve and there are ways you can improve and there are ways that they have improved but there is nothing that is a substitute for winning baseball games and I can't get behind the idea of tanking and you get a higher draft pick, whatever. Like, baseball is the one sport where true, legitimate tanking, especially for draft picks, shouldn't work. If you do player development right, if you do scouting right, look at the Yankees. Look at the Rays. The Rays have lost 90 games once since 2008. They have less fan support than the Pirates. They have a lower payroll than the Pirates. And they win more than the Pirates. <laughs> they are just ruthlessly, efficiently, immaculately ran, ran as an organization. They don't have to worry about 2028 in the same way they didn't really worry back in 2016, 2017, whenever they weren't clicking enough. They're like, no, we'll figure this out. The St. Louis Cardinals do have a couple really big contracts on that team, but they are not a huge money team. And they never take a year off. Their worst years, they're still over 500 anymore. You have to go back to the last millennium to find the last time the Pirates finished ahead of them in the standings. It's one thing, I, I don't completely you shouldn't completely buy the narrative that Ben Charrington inherited nothing like no Ben Charrington inherited inherited key Brian Hayes he inherited Brian Reynolds he inherited a couple good players that he ended up trading and and some of those trades have yielded good players Ronji Contreras David Bednar like that that counts as something the farm system wasn't where it needed to be player development definitely wasn't where it needed to be they've both improved And there is more improvement to be made in those areas. And if you and that's, you know, 
if you talk to a John Baker or a Josh Hopper, they will say exactly the same thing, that they are still learning, they are still growing, they are still getting better. And that's fine. The day that anyone in this organization says, no, we can't get better, is the day you should just pack it up and everyone just walk out like, well, that's that's pretty much it. Neil and company, Neil Huntington and company, you know, weren't nearly that obtuse to say it like that. But whenever you have Chris Archer, a strikeout pitcher, throwing a sinker to try to get, you know, outs on three pitches or less, that is definitely a no, we are the right way and everyone else is wrong mindset that you can't have. What needs to be reemphasized again and again and again and again and again and again and again is there is no substitute for winning baseball games. And that's what makes a, a road trip like the Pirates were just on so frustrating from the team's building standpoint of they thought they were close in every game. And they, they were a blooper blast away in just about every game. And in one of those games, they took a lead into like the seventh inning. So if you take a lead into the seventh inning, you can't really say that, you know, you, you were just blown out like you, you were in the game. And every single time, and they were just a bit short. And there are ways they can get a bit better. Hence the, the first segment. And it can be frustrating whenever it's just loss, close loss after close loss after close loss, and you know you're not playing at your full potential as a team. There is no substitute for winning. That has to be the ultimate goal. And it can't just be winning in 2028. It has to be winning in 2022. Because whenever you punt years, you risk the culture. You risk everything that you are building. You are risking minor leaguers looking up there and being like, they're just not trying as much as they could. And not to name names, I have had conversation with players emphasize plural in the minor leagues that kind of look up at the major league team and they see what's going on this year. They see that they didn't come into this year all that particularly interested in winning, in trying to compete in 2022. Trying to get better, sure. Trying to have some people make the most off of opportunities given, yes. Opportunities earned, yes. Experiment with pitching roles, yes. Trying to be a playoff team in 2022, not an indictment on the players, not an indictment on the coaching, indictment on the roster construction. You can't argue that this team went into this year with that many holes, thinking that they were going to legitimately compete this year. And that is a problem. And that will be a problem if they go into 2023 the same way. Because here's the thing about 2023. There's going to be a whole lot of prospects coming up. Like we're seeing it now. We're going to see it again next year. And a lot of those prospects coming up next year are going to be top 100s. Big potential guys. Who are going to want to win. And if they don't. Man, it's going to get frustrating fast. They want to win. They want to win. They need to be supported, though. 
I don't know. I I think this is going to be the main thing to watch going into 2023. Is just how much support does this group of young prospects and rookies get? We're going to take one more break. We'll be back here in a minute. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. Closing out this show with just one thought. It's about Camview, who had a very good debut on Friday night. And look, he's a AAA reliever prospect. You're very rarely going to see someone who's top 30 or really high up there in there. So he's not ranked as one. And I get the temptation for this. I just want to get, you know, the buggy in front of the horse and say, don't just DFA him in a week the same way they did with Bo Salser, the same way they did with with Cam Aldred, the same way they did in different situation. But Luis Oviedo in the mindset of, oh, we could just sneak him through waivers because Aldred was the only one who did. And everyone's looking for controllable, optionable pitching even if it is just to be a 39th, 40th player on the roster. You called him up, give him a shot. And if you do have to make a roster move down the road, and he's the short guy who draws the straw, fine. But don't make it a Salsa or an Aldridge situation where they pitch well. And yeah, they weren't really high up prospects. And you're like, oh, we could sneak him through waivers. Like, no, no, no. Give the guy a shot. Keep him on the roster for a little bit. Thank you so much for listening to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to get all the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. i just throwing words at it. You guys have listened to this a hundred times, hopefully. You know what I'm trying to say. Wherever you find fine podcasts, you'll find people who could actually name the network. You know, their shows are there too. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.